Hello and welcome to Room Escape Divas, your podcast on everything escape rooms. Today, we have Rich Bragg to talk about the Terpicas 2019. Woo! You know, have I ever, have I, hi Rich, have I ever asked if you could sing? I don't know if I have. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> it depends on what it means by can. Oh, okay, okay, it's, that's good. It's I mean, good. melody can come from my mouth, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to hear it, though. My name is Errol. I'm Amanda. And we are excited because we are going to talk about the Terpicas. Richard has planted into my head how to properly say it. Oh, that's not going to happen with me. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. But for those who don't know what the Terpicas is, we have Richard Bragg, who started it, to explain it to us. (laughs) Hey. Yeah, so uh, the Terpicas are basically an awards we've started doing last year. And the goal of the Terpicas is to find the best escape rooms in the world and determine that based on the input from the most experienced escape room enthusiasts in the world. So we our goal here is sort of twofold. It's sort of to help uh, enthusiasts that like to travel and play escape rooms and plan their vacations around them to sort of create a bucket list of rooms they can visit and also to honor the the room creators out there that are just making the really best stuff out there. That's basically, in a nutshell, what uh, the Top Escape Rooms Project, which is the Terp part of Terpica, and the Enthusiast Choice Awards, which is the Eka part of Terpica. (laughs) (laughs) And so we did have a podcast last year where we interviewed you, and now... Now that we have the process all smoothed out. (laughs) All smoothed out. (laughs) For those who didn't listen to last year's podcast, uh, you should go listen to it. Although we probably will repeat all the same stuff. But this time around, we we did things differently. Well, Terpica did things differently because we brought on a board of directors. (laughs) I guess we can call them that. Yeah, and you're one of them, in fact. <laughs> this is like so conflict of interesty for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. All our sponsors are just going to go, fair what? Point. Sponsors? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I can say a little bit about the board. Um, so the, the goal here is I wanted to make sure that, it, that, you know, it wasn't just me making arbitrary decisions about where this was going. And, you know, I'm not as well connected as some people like say Errol. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that that uh, I was getting input from, you know, some of the luminaries in the industry, like such as Errol, <laughs> and, uh, and and be able to take this project into a way that in, in a direction that would be useful to people and, and interesting to people. So that was the that was the goal. And I think the the board helped out a lot with that. Well, we also wanted to in- include people that were more than just North America. So on the board now, we have Richard and myself, but we also have Sarah Dodd from the UK. We have David and Lisa Spira, because, you know... Why not? Why not? They're the (laughs) biggest bloggers of North America. And then we also have... uh, We also have Yolanda. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Chu, I think. Ah, thanks. You know, we did even interview her, and I And she talks to us often. (laughs) If it's like Terpica, right? You're, you'll get it <laughs> yes. eventually. Yeah. Terpica. I say Terpica. No, yeah, oh. I know, but it's not Terpica. It's Terpica. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to. 
Get or you could just that. stick with the Braggs. Just stick with the Braggs. The Braggs. You don't are, oh, we lovingly know them as the Braggs. And so we, let us do that. we just did our live show just back in December and announced the winners. And so that was really exciting. It was, I have to admit, though, I don't normally get stressed for a lot of things. But anytime when it comes to tech... And the internet <laughs> and streaming and streaming uh, it's all stressful but it but it went well i was we had, happy yeah we had a few glitches um i i don't know what it was like from your side but mine was kind of entertaining because i could still hear you talking and i just saw my <laughs> face frozen <laughs> i had an internet less couple of hours because, yeah, basically yeah. nobody in the house was allowed to use the internet for any reason whatsoever while the Terpicas were going on. Yeah, I told my family. <laughs> I said, man, pants, don't touch the internet. Because I wanted to watch them. No, no, I don't blame you. So yes. if you were watching it at some point during the live stream, I was behind that pink puppet thing. But then I realized I couldn't actually hear the other your side of the conversation, Rich, which was most of the conversation. So <laughs> I, I just it was me sitting silently, watching silently, uh, and and I was like, this this isn't a way to live. So that I, I thought I'll catch it after. This isn't a way to live. Yeah. Oh wow! I moment, guess that's probably you know. why we why we didn't really have a studio audience because it wasn't very interesting for anyone sitting on either side. Well, it was just Errol had headphones on, so I couldn't right. hear half of the stuff going on yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I couldn't see it because I was behind the pink curtain so yeah uh, <laughs> well that's a bummer <laughs> that was a bummer <laughs> but it, was so, it looked exciting and it sounded exciting so. we yeah. were excited yeah. I was that was excited. exciting this, this time around we wanted to have like you know special effects so we had you know we would show graphics yeah, I have to say, I think I think the fact that we didn't just wing it like we did last year. I think last year we had like. I think it's that's a big improvement. What happens when you put <laughs> things? Well, I think the last time it was just like the day before. We should have a live show. Yeah, we can announce <laughs> things. Yeah, let's do it. And then it's like, ah, well, what do we use? Will it work? Ah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And you know, last year, last year it was on Facebook Live, which. Which I believe is still the case that you have to record it through your phone, and so like I had people oh. texting me during the show and and like totally interrupting my train of thought because like <laughs> covering the screen and talking about it. So yeah, uh, I think I think we uh, stepped it up quite a bit in the production value this time. I think it was good. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Errol. Errol did such a ton of work in uh, making it possible to do that, with including you know making all these slides and finding all these images and gathering quotes i think people seem to like the quotes a lot oh the quotes those yeah look like fun. no it was a lot better because previously we just grabbed like you know whatever description was on their website and sometimes if they were from a different country they were badly translated descriptions oh. so they weren't you know and it doesn't really tell much because they're yeah so quotes yeah. were much better yeah actually it's funny because i'm glad we did that because so last year, Alien uh, El Origin uh, was one of the ones from Spain that won. And when I was in Barcelona playing the game, the owner actually said to me, he's like, how come when you gave us the award on the broadcast, you didn't have anything to say about our room? Uh, <laughs> so, oh, that's yeah. true, yeah. too. So, yeah. yeah. And so... Those were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I on, felt really bad about that. So I'm glad we were able to address it this time. On that note... Uh, you know, we since we've already kind of launched into it, this is your second year doing the Terpicas. 
And so what what sorts of things you did you learn from last year that you wanted to implement into this year? Sure. I don't know if people remember and maybe I shouldn't even bring it up, but last year we had a <laughs> <laughs> we had a huge issue in that the uh the the awards we announced on the show ended up having to be retracted because um, we found that one of the users had sort of accidentally submitted completely meaningless data, which impacted oh. the rankings. And so oh. we had to rerun the data and reissue the awards. And it didn't change it tremendously, but it was pretty embarrassing. And we really didn't want that to happen again. So one of the big things that um, for this year is in sort of building out the new voter portal, which is a huge difference from last year. I wanted to make sure that the UI for submitting was super clear and people knew exactly what they were submitting and and when you know when it was when it had been submitted and when it hadn't and all that kind of stuff to make sure that nobody either accidentally submitted stuff or partially submitted stuff. And I think I think that worked really well. The other thing is it really made me realize that we need to check and double check and triple check everything at every step of the way just to make sure that we're not publishing anything that we need to retract because that was pretty bad. Oh, no, I was going to say when you were mentioning like making sure the UI was you were really good too with with um, I'm not going to say chasing after people, but, you know, just approaching people <laughs> like myself who maybe <laughs> was not using it correctly and just like gently reminding me or just telling me what I what I might have entered wrong or what I might not have completed <laughs> and for instance I only voted for room when it came to the voting process I only voted for rooms that I liked um, ah. versus voting for all of the rooms that I played so I didn't yeah so you were very good with like you know making sure that everybody understood that well thank you I'm glad it wasn't annoying <laughs> <laughs> It's, I, I actually learned last year that, and, and this is not you, Man Pants, but there are That's certain me. people that don't work well with deadlines, and uh, uh. I won't name any. I won't name any names, but I learned last year who it was that I needed to like repeatedly nag to make sure that they, <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that they submitted because you know there's not a lot of voters in this, and the voters have a lot of power, and I want to make sure that we get as much as much sort of meaning out of this as we can. And so, you know, when there's people, that, especially people that have, that could sort of bridge games from from countries that, that maybe not a lot of people have played in, I got to make sure that they get their, their data in so that we right. get as much value out of this as we can. So speaking of number of voters and nominators, I know the stats are on the website and they people could check it, but we could probably say here how many people were there and the difference between the nominators and the voters. Yeah, so let's see. So last year we had, um, hold on, let me pull that up. I think we had 70 total people. And of those 70, I think about 50 were nominators, something like that. This year we got all the way up to 370 total contributors and just over a, just over 100 were nominators. So, wow. Um, there were a couple changes in there. So the, the first year, it was pretty much anybody that was a s sort of self-professed enthusiast that was allowed to be a nominator or a voter, and it was comprised primarily of people on Slack. We didn't spend as much time sort of curating the list of who could participate and all that stuff. And so one of the big changes for this year was setting the 
limits as to you know where you had to be to be a nominator and where you had to be to be a voter. We wanted to make sure that with you know with the the bar for being a nominator is we settled on two hundred, and the reason for that is. We wanted nominations to actually mean something and not just be like, oh, you know, this person's played 10 rooms and they can play, they can nominate up to 20. So why not just nominate all 10? And then you end up with a bunch of noise in the data that way. So we wanted to make sure that people had enough context and 200 means that they've probably played outside their area. And so can at least can sort of uh, have a little bit of context for how different regions or countries um, quality of the rooms are. Yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought, but. But yeah, we got it. We we had we had uh, twice as many nominators this year, even with that increased uh, increased minimum, and we had five times as many total contributors. And we 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 required fifty to vote at all, and that's not because people with fewer than fifty wouldn't be able to vote, because the nature of the system is such that like if you've played two of the rooms, you can actually provide meaningful data because it's all based on relative ranking. But part of the process, too, was actually vetting all the people that applied and making sure that um, we knew who they were and that they could we could vouch somebody somebody that could vouch for them or that we could know exactly what they played. And so it would have it was it was a pretty difficult task reviewing the 450 plus applicants we had as it was. And that was with a minimum of 50. And if we go lower than that, then it, it just uh, it makes it a lot harder to, to go through to, to get the level of quality of applicant reviews that we would like to have yeah there were a lot of actually it was most it was all the other board members i didn't do as much vetting as they did they'd go and they'd go and look the problem is we wanted to make sure not so much that people were like being dishonest but we wanted to make sure that everybody claimed sorry remembered to claim what affiliations they had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a new thing, too. Um, I mean, a lot of the things here are about the fact that this is totally different than almost any other sort of voting uh, awards that anybody's competed in. And so getting people to sort of understand what we're going for was was a little bit of a challenge. But so you talked about transparency. So not only do all the contributors have to publish their names and and, and they have to publish their affiliations with any rooms that they have either created or own or work at. Or even even if they have a financial relationship with them, we were requiring explicit disclosures of any of that. But then we also show all the rooms that they ranked and all this stuff. And so we want to make sure that the people that are involved in the project are accountable because that's what, that's what frankly, makes Terpica different than all the other rankings out there. So... Yes, because we didn't want it to be a popularity contest either. And it was interesting. And it was pretty cool because we saw there were some companies that were excited to be on the Terpicas. And and there was a a wonderful video that you shared, Richard, uh, of one of the owners just so excited that her room got that her room got nominated. And it was fun to watch. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I have to say that that was probably my most rewarding moment of the whole season this year. Um, <laughs> it's a funny story, actually, because originally my intent was was that the nominations would be completely private and secret until we announced the results. And, <laughs> and so the way I came across that video, actually, was um, I was trying to, I was trying to like search around to see if anybody had leaked the results. And sure enough, I found, oh, man. So initially, when I saw that somebody had leaked the results, I was really upset. But then I watched the video and it was just so 
touching. And if if anybody wants to look it up, I don't know if you have show links or anything, we could put it on there. But it was uh, it was Kezia from Seraphim Escape in Australia, and she found out that she had been nominated for she and she got one nomination. She was just so over the moon about it and so touched by it, and the and it and it was a video uh, that she posted. That I was instantly like no longer upset about the fact that the results had leaked early, <laughs> and and it just completely made my day and made me feel like oh this is this is something cool we're doing here. And actually along along those lines, I think um, one of the things I want to do differently next year is I want to uh, announce the nominees uh, and then the finalists and then the winners and do those separately so that you know the people that only make one of those phases will at least have some time to celebrate that without realizing that they haven't gone on to the next one. The problem with announcing it all at the end is that people will be both happy to be included and disappointed that they're not included at the same time. They don't have any any time to sort of bask in the glory of, of what they did achieve. Because honestly, like with the way the system works now, I think even a single nomination is really something to be proud of. And that, but it's a lot of nominations we would have to go through. <laughs> yeah, but you I mean you, we we don't have to. I don't. I'm not talking about doing a video. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. We, we oh, just yeah. post. We can just post it so that. Oh yeah. So that people oh, can yeah. say, "Hey, look, we made it." And and I think that as as the audience for Tropicas grows, um, people. I think I think owners will go check out the list and see if they made it. And and if they do, then they can celebrate that. And so we have a number of new people on our on our website showing all the the contributors there's a lot of them and it's pretty cool to see mm-hmm. see everybody there and then you also still i don't know you know to be honest okay i last year you posted how the ranking worked and i'm assuming you posted it again but i didn't read it either times it was it was long <laughs> it was confusing and it was so funny because the first time i remember when we went into the voter portal and you were asking us you're asking the board all sorts of fun questions like okay i have four different uh, i have four different algorithms for setting up for um figuring out who should the winners be and which four do you think makes sense and i looked at all four i'm going i, I don't know what you did <laughs> Yeah, going. I'll go with whatever you say. This one looks pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, I spent a lot of time. I mean, I spent a lot of time the first year of kind of figuring out the right algorithm, and then this year I wanted to make some improvements to uh, address a few things. Like, so, so one one thing is that there were a handful of rooms last year that made it onto the list with only a couple comparisons, um, or with only a couple players. And I think last year that that was appropriate because in that year we only had 70 voters and um, even the voters themselves hadn't played as many of the rooms because time hasn't passed where they could play more rooms. I wanted to I wanted to sort of understand how that worked and also how we could make it a little better because I want to there, there's sort of two minds to this. So one is you want rooms that few people have played to have a chance to do well because it might be that they're completely legitimate winners, but they just haven't had a lot of exposure yet. And so we don't want to completely make it about how many people have played it and only allow the ones that, you know, a huge percentage of the voters have made to be able to win. But at the same time, you don't want to have a lot of winners that only a few people have played. Now, when I looked at 
when you compare this year's results and last year's results, um, <clears throat> there's some interesting stuff. There were 25 uh, room winners last year. Two of them were ineligible this year. One because it closed and one because it was no longer available in English. And we can talk about the English rule later if you want. There were 14 repeat winners from the 25. And then there were eight of them that had pretty much had fairly significant drops and didn't win the second year. And when you look at them, those all eight of them were ones that did not have a tremendous number of players the first time, which suggests that as more people played them, it became more evident that the first few people that played it may have been more outliers in terms of, of how they valued those rooms. This was all sort of input as to how I wanted to change the algorithm this year. So I didn't change it much. I kept it the same. But basically, I made it so that there was a higher confidence uh, required for how many people would need to play a room and all agree before we would count it as a strong signal that that's a better room than others. So that's one thing we did. And then the other is um, looking at secondary comparisons. And that's something we, that we didn't explicitly do last time, and, and but we did explicitly do this, this time. And <clears throat> by secondary comparisons, I mean, if I've played rooms A and rooms B, and I say A is a lot better than B, then that's obvious, right? But if, I, if somebody else has played rooms B and room C, then we don't have any direct comparisons between A and B, between A and C. But if we look, if we take my data from A and B and we take other person's data from B and C, we can actually decide some about maybe how A versus C should be. And so that's the kind of information that is now included in the rankings um, that I think helps establish a better position for some of the ones with fewer people. Um, so anyways, I could actually go into this uh, a lot more, but I, I know that I know that eyes start to glaze over or ears start to glaze over, and uh, I learned that last year in the podcast from from you from you too. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I have to do? going to computers. I, I think what I need to do next year, if I ever get if I ever get time, I would like to make like some kind of infographic or motion video. That would show it, and then that would explain it better as opposed to listening. That might be fun. We could even show that on the show, and it's like, oh, that's cool. You and infographics. <laughs> You're obsessed with infographics. <laughs> well, this thing, but like, it'd be more and more like an emotion graphic. So mm. it's like, oh, look at it. Do I, that. Yeah. I've even considered like, you know, doing like a lecture style tech talk on the on the algorithm and posting that as like a video for the people that really want to dive into it but i don't know if i'll ever get around to doing that well well if i do make the if i do make an animation well you'd have to explain it to me first and then you could put your voice on it and it's like oh that that could go on our website and then could be our teaser video for the for our youtube channel (laughs) that'd be cool yeah maybe (laughs) Yeah, I actually had a friend of mine who who is who's not even into escape rooms, but I was explaining the algorithm to him, and he's kind of a mathy guy, and was really intrigued by the whole thing just on the sort of analysis angle. And he actually suggested that I should write a scientific paper and submit it to a journal about how this all works, and and that <laughs> that didn't appeal to me as much until he said maybe he would write it, and then which case then maybe that's okay. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we like host that from our site. And it's like, if you really want to know how this works, we have yeah. a scientific paper. That's right. Yeah. And actually, this is a whole field of research that I, I kind of started. 
like last year I had only found one really good paper and fortunately it was a it turned out to be a really good one because I'm still basing everything on that original paper that I found but this year I found that there's like this all sorts of stuff that that's all about creating a global ranking from a bunch of like you know comparisons um it's mostly around web search and stuff like that and there's a lot of things that make it not quite exactly applicable the way that we're trying to do it, which means I can't use any of that stuff directly, but it means there's a lot of people that have been thinking about this. And I think that, that next year I plan to do a little bit more diving into the algorithm and see if I can make it even better because it's still not perfect, but, oh, it's, wow. but it's better. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So it's going to be more complicated. Wow. It's just math. All sorts of math. Amazing. (laughs) Throw math at it. I'm waiting for the scientific paper to explain it clearly to me. (laughs) (laughs) You're waiting for the... Well, one thing I will say is that I I feel a lot more uh, confident in the quality of the results this year, both because there were improvements to the algorithm, but also just because we have a lot more people and we have a lot... And the people that we do have have a lot more connections. And so I think connections in terms of like direct comparisons between games. And so I think that if I'm correct, I think next year we won't see nearly as many like major movers in the rankings between the games that are on there. So, um, well, I guess that remains to be seen, but that's, that's my prediction is that I think rooms are not going to have, you know, we had a handful of rooms that moved by a hundred spots in the rankings from last year. I don't think that's going to happen next year, but we'll see. So speaking of that, actually, I was going to ask, um, so with the results this year, with the whole process, were, the, was there, were there any surprises um, in the results that were, you were like, oh, either like, oh, really, that rumor? Oh, I didn't think about that or anything like that? I mean, I wouldn't say there was any massive shocks this year. Um, I, I turned out to be, and this wasn't planned, but I think I turned out to be the one who'd played the most of the nominated rooms, and that was like, Nice. <laughs> yes, yeah. we probably we yeah. didn't explain this um, to our listeners, but if they've been listening before, they should know who Rich Bragg is because he's also one of the people who have who has a Guinness Book of World Re- who has a Guinness record for doing the most escape rooms in a 24-hour period. Mm-hmm. And you also uh, run Clue Keeper, which is a uh, an app which you can use to run puzzle hunts and any other type of puzzle questy thingy i'm not explaining your product very well you're you're crushing it (laughs) 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 yeah i yeah clue keeper is basically a platform for running uh puzzle hunts and treasure hunts things like that um either on either sort of from the comfort of your own home or also um you know out in the world where you where it's location aware and um a bunch of hunts use that um but yeah Thanks, we've Earl. had you on many times, though. We have had you on many times, and we just started Maybe assuming all our listeners know. Maybe you can with the for most, for most <laughs> interviews. Oh, is it me now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because, what, there's Tripicas, uh, the Guinness, the Tripicas Now. Did I have you on for Cryptex Hunt? I don't know, because I, I, don't oh, I didn't have so. a Cryptex Hunt podcast. So. Yes, you did. The second one. Oh, the not second the second one. one no. no. Sorry, we used Clue Keeper then, so yeah, we didn't. We could have. I think had we had you on. you on for Clue Keeper, didn't we? I think yeah. a long time ago we talked about doing one for Clue Keeper, but then it never happened. But you know, that's oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's okay, now you're in competition, <laughs> I, so we can I, totally do it. <laughs> I think what happened was is that you asked me to come on for Clue Keeper, and 
I and I said, hey, can you we wait like a couple months because we're gonna have like a big announcement to make, and then uh, I think whatever that was didn't end up happening, and then it just kind of didn't happen. But Faded. that's okay. <laughs> Clue Keeper's cool. Check it we'll out. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I we were talking about surprises. So, um, <laughs> sorry. I guess we got a little sidetracked. So, like I was saying, is I played a lot of the rooms, and so I don't know if it's a cause or an effect, but you know because. The way the algorithm works, like people that have played a ton of rooms have a lot of influence. It means that I had a lot of influence in the results, naturally. And so I don't think anything completely shocked me in terms of the results. Um, The one thing that maybe is a little shocking was how dominant the dome was. Like, I think a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people expected it to win, uh, particularly people that have played it. But when you look at the fact that. The difference between the dome and the number two room, which was Paradox Project 2 in uh, Athens, the difference between those two rooms was the same as number two and number 23 in the rankings. And so that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I, I found that maybe the most surprising thing was just how big of a gap there was in terms of what that uh. top room was. And so... So do you think anything will be able to top the dome? Wow. I, I sure hope so. I, I mean... There must be eventually, right? I'm really sad that it wasn't ready when I was in the Netherlands. It was oh, like, that is too bad. It was very well, sad. Well, you know me. what? It's better It's better than it, that it not be ready than apparently when it first started, they might have had a lot of tech problems. So, Ah, uh, yeah. Maybe but if you ever go again. I don't know. If I, I'm, <laughs> thinking, I'm thinking about it this year, actually. Okay, cool. You should. You should. Plan a new trip. I want to. I want to focus on that that rule you mentioned earlier because there was there was a lot of rules that were the same as last year. So, for yeah. instance, like you know, you had to have played the room within a certain time period. It had to have been opened from a certain time period. That kind yep. of thing. The one rule that did cause a lot of debate was the rule of English rooms only. And so yes. we're, we're doing it. We're talking about it because you said, let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so this was a, this was a, yeah, this was a little bit controversial. Um, it's interesting too, because, you know, one of the, uh, Errol was mentioning the board members earlier and we actually invited Yolanda to join the board specifically to make it more, possible to to expand to say like the asian markets um which we which even still we haven't had a lot of coverage um and ironically i think i think yolanda's input actually helped me get to the point where i realized that maybe doing english only this year was the right thing mostly because the way the algorithm works uh, is you need to have to be able, you need to be able to compare rooms to each other. And so if you have these disjoint sets of rooms and you can't compare them to each other, then you just can't create a ranking that's any that's very meaningful between the two groups of rooms. And so I'd say of all the things, that's sort of the one that made it so that doing English only was the way to go. Now, you can go deeper into that, and 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 I don't know if this is a rule that we're going to keep forever, but I think it made sense this year especially. Um, but the whole voter portal and all the instructions for voting and all my communications with all the people creating and 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 as as I mentioned earlier, you know, or as you brought up, man pans like sometimes I've got to I got to nag people and I got to talk to them and <laughs> if and. <laughs> 
and and it's that a very true. sort of high touch system where where having a having the ability to communicate with everybody that's participating is important to the, to actually getting good data and 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 making sure that we have the all the whole system needs to work and so i think that was a necessary prerequisite and i think if we go beyond english we're going to need to find ways to better communicate with with people in different languages including you know making it possible for them to vote in different languages i know you did that with the um with the uh, enthusiast, enthusiast poll survey. this year, or maybe even oh, last year, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you can talk about how what the challenges are there, but I'm sure that we would have similar challenges. Oh yeah, so oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Just deep sighs but, all around. Well, I mean, yeah. I felt sorry more so for Lefe because she had so much work to do translating between. 14 different languages right yes yeah i don't know i'm just so torn about this one and and i know that this will be this will be a big topic for the board next year as to whether we want to keep this or not um i think one sort of big pro for it is i think having having all the rooms playable by anybody that plays any of the rooms is a big is a big plus because basically like the audience can sort of relate or even can decide to go play any of these games like and that's that's kind of cool like if there's a bunch of games on there that you'll never be able to play i don't know how much value that has so if if they speak english right yeah right right yeah yeah but but if we have my point is is if we have a mix of languages on there then nobody can look at the list and be able to play every room unless you speak every language (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, and then there'd have to be a way to determine, like, oh, look at this list. I wonder which ones aren't in English. Or exactly, exactly. You have to call that now, information. The other prop, though, a big problem with the English uh, rule this year was that I think one of the most difficult things we had was actually effectively trying to determine whether a room was playable in English, mm. um, and and that's because a lot of websites. Don't say, and right. and and just because they don't say it doesn't mean they haven't actually done all the work to make it a perfectly reasonable play, playing experience in English, which is kind of surprising to me. I would think they would advertise that, but it wasn't the case. And and I only I, I only know this have from firsthand having gone and played a bunch of games in in Europe and and seen that oh yeah sure they've got they've got GMs that speak English they've got everything translated into English. And they and they can play all the games and do all the hints and everything and it works perfectly, and yet no sign of it on the website. So we wanted to make sure to include those rooms. But I'm one thing that I would like to do next year is that if we do keep the English rule, I really want to reach out to as many of these companies as possible and ask that they actually like indicate on their website whether they're playable in English. And maybe we'll even make that a rule that you need to say. Otherwise, it's it's tough. And so yeah, and and. It's also it's also tough because we don't even we, we wanted to make it so that if some companies might allow a VIP group to come in and they'll do their best and make it work for you in English. But we wanted right. to make sure that like if a room's gonna be playable in English, it needs to be playable by anybody, not just not just, you know, famous escape room players that happen to come to town. You know? <laughs> right. So um, we did a lot of reaching out to companies to sort of get a get a ruling from them and sometimes the answers weren't completely clear like they they might say oh yeah we could probably do it in english so anyways it was a very gray line and and we tried very hard to be fair about it 
Um, it's possible we got some of the rulings wrong, but we did our we did our very best, and we tried to we tried to use the same sort of criteria across the across the non English languages in all the different countries. Um, there was a ton of uh, I want to I want to mention um, Maximo Quadros and Ron Kagan. Um, mm-hmm. Maximo helped out contacting pretty much all the companies in Spain, and Ron helped out contacting all the companies in Israel, um, so that we basically could have one person that was interpreting all of these, you know, non-binary answers into whether or not we thought that it sort of qualified in that sense. So that was a huge task, and. Um, I guess we'll at least know a lot of the ones that we had rulings on, but things can change. I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of work, so I'm not sure what we're going to do yet. You need, like, a whole team. Yeah. Like a bigger team. Of, like a like, board. Like, yeah. Well, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, an international board, you know? Yeah. It like, is international. No, but more of them. I'm saying <laughs> no, I'm, bigger. I'm just yeah. Like yeah, here. <laughs> I should mention Ken Ferguson did a bunch too of the uh, of the European games that were not in Spain or Israel. Like he did Switzerland and France, and and he did a lot of those contacts. So, anyways, yeah, it's a it's a big it's a big thing just to interpret that one rule. So. The Ken Ferguson of the logic escapes me. I was me. waiting for that. That is, that is the one. That is the one. I don't know what it is. Poor Ken. But when we all had our group meeting, when we all went on Skype and had our group meeting, I just naturally trolled him. <laughs> naturally? You naturally troll everybody. Yeah, I know. No, no. But I mean, in comparison to everybody else, also on the Skype call, it just uh. went to Ken. I don't know why that was. <laughs> Just oh, it's a black hole listening. of I love you, Ken. Trolling, right. <laughs> poor Ken. <laughs> yeah, I have to say that I that uh, of all of the grunt work that had to be done, and there was a lot. Um, oh yeah, you know we had uh, let's see, fourteen hundred nominations. Every nomination that came in, we had to um, either assign it to a room we've already identified or create a new room in the in the database. Um, we had to clean up the metadata on all these rooms, and make sure the official room names were the same way or were, were correct and the official company's name was correct and that we had, you know, uh, localized translations in the language with the proper capitalization and punctuation on everything and also the English translations of these. And Ken, I think, did more than anybody, possibly even more than me, in terms of processing nominations, cleaning up metadata, verifying English mm-hmm. language eligibility like he was a he was a monster on this stuff so thanks Ken and sorry for Errol making fun of you yeah and his reward <laughs> was more trolling from yes. Errol <laughs> and then later David and you know uh, there were so many people though that did a lot of work so oh yeah yeah it was it was great to have it was great to have that team absolutely absolutely David Spira actually helped um, in the in the sort of design of how we're going to do the voter portal um, which was pretty sweet. Um, Sarah was one of the people that um, basically put in a last-minute plea for us to expand to 50 room winners when we had basically already decided we were going to stick to 25, but she was like, look, there's 50 deserving rooms here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and then I thought to myself, oh, i got yeah. <laughs> to go find more pictures. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? I think I think she was right. I think I'm I'm really happy that we went to fifty, and I think that all the all fifty rooms are super deserving, and I think there's a lot of rooms and even entire countries that would have been left out completely if we hadn't done that. And so I I'm I'm really glad that she uh, she stuck her neck out on that and and uh, made us reconsider because I think it worked out. 
Yeah, um, Canada got the first win in the in the top fifty this year. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. That's right. Canada That's... got a room in there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, Dan Egnor is is one of those people. If you know from Slack, he pretty much always has something useful and constructive to say on just about any topic that comes up. And this was no different. Like he was consistent in terms of, you know, providing sage advice and, and helping make a lot of tough decisions. And there were more tough decisions, I think, than I expected there to be this year um, for various reasons. But um, yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm really happy with the, with the team and thank you, Errol as well. Um, for trolling Ken? <laughs> uh, maybe not for trolling Ken, but like, you know, I mean, you put a ton of work in getting ready for the live show and, dev- and designing the final website that everybody looks at, and which is basically the website is the legacy, right, that everybody's going to see, and that has your stamp all over it. So, um, yeah, that was awesome. And it was funny, though, because all of these people put in a lot of work, and they're already really busy people. <laughs> like... David and Lisa, they were preparing for the their conference, for a reality escape conference. Uh, Dan, he was creating... They're still busy working on the MIT puzzle hunt, right? So just, yeah, everybody's just has so much work to do, and yet... And yet we bothered them. Please help yep. us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just so happy in general, like, that every person that has been involved with the project... You know, not just the board members, but all the all the contributors too. Oh have yeah, been so eager to contribute, and it's actually it's a it's it takes some time to actually meaningfully sort a bunch of rooms, and everybody did it, and it takes a while, and you have to think about it, and it's and it's you know you you don't want to you don't want to shortchange any of these rooms because so much work went into building these rooms. You want to give them the credit they deserve. So yeah, and then every time I asked anybody to help vet a user or, or or you know i asked massimo and ron to help with figuring out what rooms are available in english and and with no warning they're like yep i'll do it and then they were amazing you know so i mean it's 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 really cool i mean it makes me makes me think we're onto something here with this project just because the the reaction from everybody has been so positive like the both the contributors and the rooms that get honored all that so you have you know yeah you, <clears throat> you did the Terpicus this year it was another resounding success. We've already <laughs> talked a little bit about it throughout the throughout the conversation tonight, but you know, looking forward to next year, mm-hmm. what do you hope? What do you hope to to accomplish next year, or or what what do you hope might either be different or stay the same? Uh, we've already talked about a bit of it, but feel free to add anything else in there. Sure. So, I mean. First and foremost, I want to keep growing. I mean, we had a huge growth in the first year uh, from, you know, from the first year. And I would love to continue that and get more countries involved and more voters involved. And, you know, at one point, my goal was to get, you know, every person on Earth that had played 200 or more rooms to be a nominator. (laughs) And I think I'll fall short of that, but it's still aspirational and useful. (laughs) Um, and, and in fact, like, you know, one thing that's different now than it was last year is that anybody, if you're listening to this and you've played 50 or more rooms, don't wait to sign up. Go over to voters.terpica.com and you can fill out your application now. And then when it comes time to nominate or vote, you'll already be in the system and you won't have to, you know, wait for us to, to vet you. <laughs> Richard wanted us to try to get a hold of celebrities. So I tweeted 
Ariana Grande. You actually did that? I did. Oh, I mean, wow. she completely ignored me, and I don't blame her, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Ariana, and if I, you're listening, we could use and your And I votes. never tweet celebrities, so it was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. If you can get Neil Patrick Harris or Ariana Grande, they'll, you know. So can... everybody, tweet them. Tweet them yes. a lot. Let's get, <laughs> let's get them to sign to up. That would be amazing. Let's crowdsource um, the, the tweeting. Yeah. So let's see. Other other hopes for next year. Um, I've definitely got some website improvements I'm planning to do, like um, allowing everybody to see their past nominations and votes. And as, as much as the process improved last year, there's still some manual steps in there that I want to make a little bit more automated. And one thing that I am really thinking I'd like to do uh, for next year, and I mentioned this a little bit at the end of the live show, was a new approach for how we do nominations. And so my idea is is that anybody that's a nominator would be able to, anytime they basically played a room that they felt was Terpica worthy, they could go into the voter portal and they could do what I would call a pre-nomination, which is they can basically put all the data in for this room that they think they might want to nominate and that would allow us to do all the, um, you know, the the uh, room normalization and, and metadata gathering and, um, you know, determining its eligibility and all that stuff spread out over the year instead of a focused effort within two weeks, which was insane. Um, <laughs> and and then that would also make it easier on the on the nominators when it came time to nominate because they'd have a whole list of rooms that they could just, you know, check a, tick a checkbox instead of having to put in all the metadata for every room they want to nominate, which I think was a, a little bit of work this year. Um, so I kind of want to do this. Um, I'm probably not going to do it super soon because I, I basically spent the past four months just, you know, completely immersed in this stuff and neglecting other aspects of my life, uh, like Clue Keeper, for instance. If I do get around to it, I may launch this maybe the, like this summer, which would allow people to do some pre-nominations leading up to the new season of, of Turbicus for the next year. And it would also mean it would be in place for the following year, year round. So that's one thing I'm thinking of. I mentioned that I do, I, I, you know, next year I hope to do the separate announcements for the nominees, finalists, and winners at separate times. Um, because I think that gives people more of a chance to sort of enjoy their successes. And uh, maybe not so close to Christmas next year <laughs> with, the, with the actual announcements. I know that for myself, who is foolish enough not to have a spreadsheet with every single escape room that I've played ever since the beginning of time. Having that option would be very exciting to just, you know, because for me, going into vote this year or going into nominate, I was like racking my brain like, what what have I played for my the last five years since I started playing escape rooms? Yeah, it's <laughs> and, tough. And, it, and it's tough when you're when you're not, you know, diligent in keeping up with your records but for those new rooms yeah it'd be cool to go in and just be like oh i just played this room and this is what i liked about it and yeah yeah and one thing that i can commit to um, i'm not committing to this pre-nomination thing even though i'd like to do it but what, what i can commit to is that for anybody that did nominate la this year you will at least have access to your your nominations from the previous year so Ooh. at least that'll help a little bit <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping. I hope you are taking a break too. That's oh yeah, sounds like an insane I mean, amount of work. The, the MIT Mystery Hunt is uh, is is now my current obsession, which we have another week or so before that goes. Oh, are you? Oh yeah, that's right. You're working on it too. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. were you leaving all of them 
like alone while you were working on the Turpicas and they were trying to get that um, running? I I may have done less than I should have done during. <laughs> <laughs> Is this recording? <laughs> uh, they're too um, busy to yeah. listen to this anyway. Yeah. So we're all. Yeah. Fortunately, we have a very large team, and uh, the the load was spread out over sixty plus people. So. Um, I am I'm trying to make up for it now and I tried to make up for it a little I tried to do more earlier on because I knew that I'd be really busy with this so um, how many puzzles does each person have to make are we shifting well um, <laughs> historically the uh, without I can't tell you how many puzzles our hunt has but I think historically there's typically somewhere between 100 and 180 puzzles in a mystery hunt yeah and oh. our team is about 60 so oh, okay so that's yeah. not too bad if but each person makes a puzzle. Yeah, and and I would say that the uh, the the distribution of puzzle contributors is not uniform. <laughs> no, it's probably like all Dan and Waywa, <laughs> Richard. <laughs> Who else is on your um, team? I don't even know. Oh, you got to oh, make them get out a lot the of list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of people are on your team. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to do the cross section. Like Tammy is on our team. Oh, and, right, right. I forgot. Um, Nick Baxter. Um, uh, trying to think other. Escape room folks. There's others, I'm sure. Sorry, yeah. sorry for the people that are not immediately coming to mind. <laughs> Recall all sixty uh, people on your team now, please. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, that's exciting. I was going to ask one last thing to sort of sure end it on a high note. I mean, it's all been a high note. Everything yeah. went really well. And then I keep like derailing things. Yeah, you're like, me. tell me about MIT. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, sakes. <laughs> oh, speaking of Boston, no. am I going to see you? Oh, I'm going to see you in Montreal. I hope to go I to will, Montreal. I will be in Montreal for... Uh, oh. um, and I also might actually be in Toronto in... What? Uh, yeah, the uh, the National Puzzlers League convention is in Toronto this year. That's right. Oh, maybe people will come say hello to me. Yeah, what, I'll definitely say hello. I haven't 100% committed to that yet, but I, there's a good chance I'll be there. Ooh. And in which case, you know, we'll be—I'll be, I'll be uh, hitting you up for recommendations for escape rooms while we're in town. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And then you'll have people who haven't done it, so then you can go and do them with people. Sorry, so, Amanda. I did have a question. That <laughs> you said I always derail everything. Speaking of me, <laughs> no, 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 we were talking about Boston. No, no, you derailed it with, anyway, uh, (laughs) you derailed it with Boston. What I was going to ask was, uh, apart from the the one, um, I know that we talked about the one owner who made that very heartwarming video, what's been the most, what was the most rewarding thing about doing the Terpicus this year for you? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's funny because I knew you were going to ask me that and I had... I had saved that to be the answer to that question, and then Errol oh. mentioned it earlier. Oh, <laughs> he derailed. But, but that's okay. Derailed. That's okay. okay. That's okay. okay. We can say Ken's cornet solo. Yes. <laughs> no, but I mean, honestly, like it's hard to point to one thing that's the most rewarding. Like, I I think the fact that the the feedback on everything has just been almost overwhelmingly and uniformly positive is what's really rewarding. I mean, that's not a one thing. It's kind of a cop out answer, I guess, but. But, yeah, oh, nobody no. got mad at us this year. Yeah, nobody. They they really didn't. I mean, it's it's uh, nobody. it's pretty amazing. And I I think I think it helps that many of the people that might otherwise get mad at it are also contributing to it. So you know, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I had fun last year responding to everybody that got mad at us. 
Oh, well, you have you always have fun with that. You always drama. have fun with that. I'll respond to the drama. I, I will say I was. Uh, I could cut this out later. Whatever. Oh no! Don't cut it out. No, no. I will say like I I lurk in the in the Terpica channel in Slack more than anything. But it, it was it was getting stressful for me sometimes reading reading the debates. They weren't they weren't <laughs> they weren't like fire and brimstone debates at all. It was people like you know. But I I just I get. I get stressed out at any confrontation, so I was sort of like, Whoa. but it was all handled very well and very like you know. There were discussions. Everyone was very they civil. Like, we weren't angry with each other. We're all trying to figure. No, no out one the was angry with each other. Do things. But it was stressful. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoy that channel. I mean, that channel has actually been a great source of advice and support and ideas and all that stuff. So I, I don't mind when it you know flares up every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, so I guess one thing that I could mention is there's a there's a couple things that um, I would try. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't even do this. We're wrapping up, but do it, um, do it. So there's there's sort of two big directions that I think a lot of people have suggested that we go. And when I think about um, the sort of where Terpica is going to go in the long term, I think there's sort of two big directions that many people have uh, mentioned. And I and I only thought of this because you brought up the Slack channel. Um, okay. Some people say that Terpica needs to do category awards um, and and not just the best awards. And that's sort of one possible direction if, if, uh, if we ever get to the point where um, we've met my main goals of sort of increasing the reach and, and getting as many users and countries involved as we can. But then the other the other direction is doing more regional awards like, you know, uh, Terpica's for a given country or a given metropolitan area or things like that. And I'm not sure if we're ever going to do either of these things. Um, maybe we will, but they're fun to talk about and fun to think about. Um, and there's various reasons not to. Um, one of the things that I that kind of keeps me from wanting to do it is that I don't want to add tremendous load on the voters. And I think it's already kind of hard to do voting the way we do it for the, for, for the categories we do. Um, but anyways... Uh, yeah, those are things that I'm thinking about. And so if people want to suggest those things, I'm, they're kind of on the radar already. Um, but yeah, those ones come up a lot in Slack. I think it'd be useful for the local Terpicas. Only because if this is going to be... Not that I'm trying to convince you, because I know you're thinking about this, but I've actually never voiced my opinion on this. I actually don't voice my opinion that much in the channel. <laughs> I just go, yeah. Sure, that that algorithm sounds good. <laughs> but no, because we have talked about before, we want this to be useful for enthusiasts. And going to a brand new city, you want to know, well, we don't want to just do the one that got the top. We'd like to know what else was at the top. And so having having it useful that way where we can see the top for each city. Because sometimes I even see on Twitter... Uh, people asking, "Hey, what are the top rooms for? I don't know Boston." And then, I then I just go and find whatever David wrote. But it'd be kind of nice. I mean, not that I don't trust David, but you know, if we had like uh, a group of people who all say that these are amazing, that'd be a, that'd be great. I think I think it sounds cool. I think yeah, it's a lot of work because then you have to start defining. What do we mean by region? Yeah, do you just mean yeah. a specific think, city, or well, or, how big a city? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that I think we, and, yeah. I think you know there aren't going to be that many in that re region anyway, right? So, and also, if it was for my city, I would probably be more. I'd also be just as 
uh, motivated to 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 rate it because you know it's 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 something that I know that would be mind you that could be me it'd be a resource for people out there that come because sometimes people ask and then I get oh, okay I'm gonna have to say the same thing over and over again because it's always <laughs> the same ones we say over and over again I yeah. I have seen other people eventually just put it on spreadsheets is it socal that has done it i don't know they they now just share spreadsheets to everybody that asks especially those people that always ask in the facebook enthusiast group <laughs> oh my goodness that's all that happens there we, now, if we could just say <laughs> just go to the terpicas and it's like oh <laughs> well so i will say that one reservation i have about doing regional stuff is is that currently there's a lot of people that are Terpica contributors that sort of do their own thing in their own regions. And I really don't want to step on their territory with, with anything like this because we count on them to, to contribute and participate true. here. That's and if, true. and if we created a product that competed with them, they might be less likely to uh, want to do the, the main Terpica thing. And then if we get a bunch of these heavy hitters that are like, you know, the people who we need, then the whole thing falls apart. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's actually honestly one of the biggest deterrents for me from wanting to go into that mm. into the regional stuff. The category thing does interest me, but I I know I can see how that can get incredibly granular, incredibly granular and and uh difficult to to sort. I just vote everything in regards to puzzles. I know you if do. If the puzzles suck then it's a horrible room. I know. <laughs> you can I just know. submit the same list twice then. <laughs> <laughs> but for you, I don't know. Sometimes I think it doesn't take much for a puzzle to suck for Errol. So it's like oh, no, a lot of the true. rooms are doomed. No, 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 no. There's there are puzzles that are fine. You know, yeah. they're just not mind blowing. They yeah. don't have to be mind blowing. Yeah. But then there's that are just horrible. And yeah, it makes yeah. Me hate life. So yeah, no, no. There's a like the majority of the rooms the puzzles are fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm trolling you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he needs to be trolled sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work too well usually. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, so much, Rich, for no coming problem. on again and talking about the Terpicas and putting all of the work into it because this is a a valuable list for us too. And and knowing. And seeing a community come together and agree on all the rooms and, and knowing where I should go next this year. This is a valuable, a valuable list to let people know the rooms they can't do. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I oh, like, it's in the Netherlands. Germany, oh, there we go it's again. Like, it's in Germany. Oh. It's, like, it's like Europeans don't know how good they have it. You don't know. <laughs> We have we have good rooms here. We have quality rooms here too. But and those are far for us too. <laughs> <laughs> They're far too because we're a friggin' big country. <sighs> well, I'm, I I expect that uh, Canada will have some more stuff on the list next year at least with the uh, with the REA tour going there and yeah um, you know we'll get and and honestly the NPL conference is going to get a lot of voters to Toronto as well. So I mean, yeah, if you have a big dinner, invite me. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, what we're going to find out next year about Canada is either there's going to be a bunch of rooms we didn't know about, or we're going to find out that we were already accurate about Canada. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. So Canadian owners get building. <laughs> I don't know what's going to be. We'll see. Yeah. 
All right. Well, once again, thank you so much, Rich. And if people would like to go and find the Terpica results, where can they go? You can go to uh, topescaperoomsproject.com, or if that's too much to remember, you can go to terpica.com. They take you to the same place. That's T-E-R-P-E-C-A.com. And, and it's not so much that it's it. too much to remember. It's that I always forget. Is there a the in there? Is there yeah. an S? Where does the S go? This exactly. is my problem. I have tried yeah. so many times. So have you started using Terpica.com? Because it's just way easier. <laughs> yeah. <it is. laughs> yeah. Or I'm, I just fail at typing in your own. That's okay. I still type in codex.ca and then got brought to a weird site. And it's the Codex. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you go to that site. I don't even go there. Oh, I should go check comments. Yeah. <laughs> I will also add that if you want to sign up to be a voter or if you are a voter and you want to, you know, check out the things you can do in the off season, um, go to voters.terpica.com and that's where you can sign up and we'll get you in the system for next year. And talking this out. Room Escape Divas is brought to you by Inverse Genius. You can go to inversegenius.com to find other fun podcasts just like this one. You can also email us at roomescapedivas at gmail.com. We love getting the emails. And if you go to the Facebook group, you can click the like button on the Room Escape Divas Facebook page. And if you use Twitter, you can use the hashtag R-E-Divas. Look how much I didn't crack. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.